Welcome to episode number 38 of the Ricky Long Podcast. Black Eyed Peas to start off episode number 38 of the Ricky Long Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the beautiful people at Putting for Sport in Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland Sports Retailer of the Year in 2018. We specialise in home gym equipment, commercial gym equipment and sport for schools. Everything from the kit that you need, the clothes that kids would wear in their physical education sessions. Um, lots to catch up on in this episode of the podcast, it's just me flying solo. I've had a really good, high quality guests on recently. You know, people I consider experts in the fitness and health industry, and I've a few more lined up over the next few weeks and months. So look out for that. Um, today's episode, I'm going to update you on what's been going on in my life over the last month or so, six weeks. Like I said, it's it's a while since I've done an episode solely on my own. And I'm going to give you some content, um, stuff around, you know, caring what other people think, um, how to use Instagram for your business, and then I've got a, a piece on motivation which I'm going to hit you with. So I don't know how long this is going to last. Maybe 20 minutes, maybe 120 minutes. It depends how much I ramble on. So before I start, this is the 13th of June, 2019, and why this is. Why this is important to be talking about now is we live in a, an age of social media and social standing and the, the idealistic lifestyles and the temptation to compare ourselves to other people. And it's just hard to you know, get that monkey off your back that is worrying what other people think. Uh, we'll be talking about Instagram. Again, it's 2019. The eyes of the world are on Instagram. You know, I've spoken about this before. It was, you know, back in 2012, 2014. I can't remember the stat exactly, but something like 60% of businesses didn't have Instagram in their marketing plan. And even today in 2019, some businesses don't consider social media, never mind Instagram itself, as a marketing resource. Um, so it's important that we do recognize that. And it doesn't have to just be fitness we're talking about here. It's anything that is a service or product has a place on Instagram. So we're going to chat about that. And I'm going to be chatting about motivation because more and more I am getting messages about motivation. I don't know why. I think it's because people think I'm a highly motivated person, um, which although I do take as a compliment, it's 
I'll flesh it out later on, but there's no such thing as motivation. There's only a such thing as good, actionable habits. And like I said, we'll chat about that later on. So if you follow me on social media, you'll probably know what's been going on over the last, I'd say, two weeks. So the, the 1st of June, we had tribal gathering in Manchester. So at Les Mills UK, we run our quarterly events all around the country. And this was our first of the real change to our Les Mills events. So to give you a picture, we hired a building that was called the Audacious Church in Manchester. We could fit about 350 people in this room in this room, in these series of rooms. So you, you walked in and you had the registration desk on your left and then in the middle you had sofas and um, chairs and tables and a congregation area where people can just chat. You could buy coffee there and snacks. And then in the upstairs we had two, upstairs we had one workout room, which is our smaller room. We could probably get about 50 to 100 people in that room. Downstairs we had our cycle room, which is where RPM and sprint happened. And again, probably about 50 bikes in there, maybe a bit more. It was hard to tell because there was so many bodies in there when I popped my head in. And then in the main room, that was room for capacity for about 150 for equipment-based classes like body pump. And you could probably get a few more people into that for or non-equipment-based classes. So the main room, you walked in the back and when you looked at it, at the stage, so the stage is maybe four or five foot in the air, so it's quite highly elevated. Um, there, the stage itself is probably, I don't know, forty foot by forty foot. You had these massive plasma screens on the background, all really, really super high def screens, where the images of the presenters was projected onto these screens, and it was that real cinematic um, experience. And that's what these events are about. It's about creating the experience for the, the instructor and participants who come along. So as they feel inspired and when they leave these events, they can go back to their clubs and create the same sort of energy in their regular classes. And what was also special about this event from um, a Les Mills point of view, we had a gentleman called Glenn Ostergaard at the event. And Glenn has and is the body pump director and the RPM director. So he is the man responsible for putting the workouts together, putting the, the moves, the music, and everything that goes with that. And he's, I think we're in body pump 110, which is what we showcased at the event. And I believe Glenn's been doing it since like body pump 40 or something, so you get four pumps a year. He's been doing this well over 10, 15 years, and he's been teaching a lot longer than that. And Glenn was fantastic. He was brilliant with us, the, the presenters, and he was brilliant with the instructors who were there, and he was just a, just an absolute gentleman. Bear in mind, he got off his flight in the early hours of Friday morning from New Zealand, and then presented two pumps, and at least one RPM and sprint. I'm not sure how many of those he did. Like I said, I'm, I'm very focused when I come to those events on just what the I need to do and where the I need to be, and kind of sorting out where problems are. Um, and identifying those so the, the event was great for so many reasons I probably could list them all but you know it's not it's not this is not the platform to do that uh, one of the main reasons why I found it was so good it was it was quite an intimate venue so previously we have done these events on the bigger scale where we're maybe getting a thousand people under one roof this one had about 350 people on roof and because it was quite close 
and because we had that little, I call it a congregation area, mainly because we're in a church, um, some people call it a breakout area, the kids call it that, and it was just really, really nice to sit down with people and chat, um, again, because we haven't had one of these big events in a long time, and I haven't been uh, involved in one of the big events with Les Mills UK for about two years now, it was really, really nice to connect with some people and, you know, just sit and chat and chat about anything to do with fitness, Les Mills, business, uh, babies with some of them, and it's just really, really nice to connect. And I think that's where the, the value is in these events for fitness professionals to attend. You know, it's, it's called networking, and networking is a powerful, powerful tool to do. It's not always about getting, you know, the seal or the business connection at the end. Sometimes it's just about two professionals connecting. Uh, yeah, so that was Tribal Gather in Manchester. If you do follow me on Instagram or on social media, you will have seen pictures and videos. I had a, a great track to teach in, Body Pump, which was a lunge track. And I just did what Ricky Long does. I just kind of used the music and did a little ass shake. And my Belfast mate Aaron did a slut drop, which was quite impressive, a little too impressive. Um, he just It was a little bit too natural how good his slut drop was, which has uh, raised certain question marks about his lifestyle. Anyway, moving on from Tribal Gathering Manchester, we went to Tribal Gathering in Rhodes, previously known as Euro Summit. So what this is, is it's the trainers upskill, the European and I suppose global trainers upskill. So we all meet once a year, spend about four days together in quite we're quite spoilt we get really really nice locations this one was in Rhodes previously we've been on mainland Spain we've been in Ibiza and before that we were in a beautiful resort in Slovenia and like I said it's where we go to upskill so I didn't catch the number of how many trainers and Les Mills staff were there but it's got to be in and around a thousand you know they're coming from all parts of the world and it's a really really powerful positive place where we as trainers I keep saying this we get upskilled we get business updates we get program updates where we're tested on things both mentally and physically uh, it's a really really hard week um, to give you an idea of how the week works you know so it's four days in a row Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and then we all, we always go home on Friday so the so the summit itself would actually be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Monday's kind of the, the welcome day and just getting orientated and that networking opportunity. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you have a class at 6 a.m., a class at 7 a.m. You'll have an hour to get your breakfast between 8 and 9, and then from 9 till about 6, it is session after session, and they can be a mixture of educational-based sessions, i.e. you're sitting down watching a lecture or you're physically moving, um, they, in previous years we've done like program updates for certain programs um, so you would be actually teaching almost to each other kind of like the old um, EM training that we would have done in the UK um, so like I said this one was very very lecture based so it was a lot of sitting taking information in and your brains just expanding 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 um, and then once you're finished at five six o'clock there'll be at least one workout to do that evening so you're maybe finished training as such, finished your educational day around about seven, half seven. You go and get your dinner, 
Your dinner will probably last until half eight, nine, and then there's evening entertainment, stroke downtime, stroke team meetings. Um, and I'll be honest with you, these uh, these evening entertainments is normally accompanied by some beverages, some alcoholic beverages. Yes, that's right. I am admitting we drink alcohol. Uh, anything from the local beer, sangria, to the, the shorts and spirits. Let's know we have a good time. And you're probably going to bed around about 12, 1 o'clock. And then you're getting up and doing it for two, three days in a row. It is a hard, hard week. And we all absolutely love it. And one of the things that we... Well, certainly I took away from it is how, how you bring your energy to certain situations and what you want to get out of situations and what you want to give. So let me give you an example. And a lecture theatre is the, the perfect kind of venue to do this. So if you have booked into, let's say it's a personal development thing, if you're a Les Mills instructor, maybe you've booked on to do your advanced training. Uh, maybe you've booked on to your, do your initial module training. Maybe you are being sent on a first aid course by your gym. Just picture whatever course you've done recently or whatever thing you've had to do. Or maybe it's just a, a staff meeting in your work, you know, not related to fitness at all. So before you go into that room, you get your mindset set. You just take 10 seconds to yourself and you think deeply. What am I going to give to this room? And what am I going to take out of this room? So what am I going to give to this room? I'm going to give to this room my attention, my expertise, and maybe I'm going to be honest with them about the holes in my knowledge. And therefore, I want to take other people's energy, other people's knowledge, and maybe I want to have created some sort of project leadership. Yeah, so th th this would be very, very bespoke for what you want to give to your room and what you want to take out. The point is, if you sit down and you just think to yourself, before you go into any situation, I'm talking about a room, it could just be a conversation. What do you want to get and what do you want to give? And when you set those objectives before you go into any situation, any meeting or, or, or gathering, whatever it might be, you will find that your, your mindset is a much more reciprocal place for you to come out the other side in a productive place. Even if you haven't got exactly what you intended to get, if you've gone in with that intention, the conversations will develop in a much more productive way and quite possibly have a lot more positive outcomes. So my challenge to you, listening to this today, in the next conversation you have with someone, the next scheduled appointment, think beforehand, what do you want to get out of it? And what are you going to give to it? to that other person or people. Uh, moving on, um, on to, I've said um a lot when I've done this podcast. I'm very, very conscious of that. Uh, strike me off for that one. Up next is caring what other people think. I get this a lot. Ricky, I love your social media. Ricky, I love how you teach a class. Ricky, I love how you just don't give a fuck what other people think. And whilst it, it, it's flattering and whilst it's a nice observation for people to say, I do correct people a lot on it, is that it's not that I don't care what other people think. It's I deeply care about what some people think. I deeply care about what some people think. And I'm just very selective of who those some people are. So before you do anything, you weigh up 
I've spoken about this on previous podcasts, you weigh up best and worst case scenario. And you think, before you make any decision, what is the worst thing that could happen? So let's say it's a job application and you're unsure whether to put the job application in because maybe you're feeling underqualified, maybe you don't have enough experience, maybe you're, you consider yourself too old or too young. So think to yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen if I put this job application in? And if the answer is something you can live with, then you have to do it. Yeah? So the worst thing that could happen if you put a job application in is you won't get an interview. Can you live with that? Bet your life you can live with that. If you're standing up to do some public speaking, what is the worst thing that could happen is you could freeze, people could laugh at you, um, you could you know trip up over your words, you could keep saying um, 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 um between every word and people will laugh at you and you might not feel very coherent, you might not feel very intelligent. If you can live with that, you have to do it. But instead of focusing on what the worst thing, because we're very, very good at that, is we, we, we've got to think about the best thing. What's the best thing that could happen from this situation? So, okay, I'm underqualified for this job. I'm not experienced enough. I'm too young. But if I put this job application in and I get an interview and I get the job, what would that mean for my life? If I stand up on stage and give this talk about genetic science, which pretty long knows nothing about, the worst thing that can happen is I can freeze, I can seem unintelligent, people will laugh at me, all of that. Well, the best thing that could happen is I could get a round of applause at the end. I could get conversations at the end because people like my work, people have like what I have spoken about. And then you reverse engineer how the best thing can happen. So right now I know nothing about, did I say genetic science? Um, so the, the way I could deserve to get a round of applause at the end is I would have to prep a lot about genetic science. So what do I have to do to earn that applause, which I consider the best thing that could happen from me doing that speech? The job interview that I've told you about that you felt underqualified for and you felt too young for how do you deserve to get that job? What do you have to do? Do you have to seek some qualifications? Do you have to read some literature and books and maybe speak to people who have done that job before? So as when it comes to the cover letter for your um, application for interview, you can speak to the company values, you can speak to what an experienced person would do and how you would tend to learn. Then what comes to interview, how can you display that? How can you show that you deserve this job? What knowledge do you have that makes you appropriate for this job? Not the knowledge that makes you inappropriate for the job, the knowledge that makes you appropriate for the job. And then you can talk about the holes in your knowledge you can fill by doing these development plans, which you would either put in place or use the ones the company has instead. So you, you think about, instead of caring what other people think in a negative way, think about how you can make the experience about someone else and how you can make that experience a positive one for someone else. So I'm going to just kind of self-indulge just a little bit. You are your own best example. Normally people do this in a negative way. I'm going to do this in a really, really positive way. So at Tribal Gather in Manchester, I did something 
in the lunge track. So at the end of the, the track, I kind of jumped out of the choreography and just turned around, shook my ass a little bit, worked to the music, Aaron did the slut drop, and that's what we did. Now, this, this was pre-planned. This was very, very pre-planned. We had a, a chat beforehand, and I said, this is what we're going to do in the, this is what I'm going to do in the lunge track. I'm going to do this at this point, this at this point, and this at this point. And they all kind of looked at me and said, are you sure? I'm not really sure about that. And I said, no, no, don't worry. This will work. I'm doing it. If you guys don't want to do it, that's absolutely fine. So I'm doing what I want to do and I'm keeping my teammates safe in what they want to do. That's absolutely fine. Now, the second part of that is I was confident enough to do that because I've experimented with shit like this before and I know the, the positive reaction I can get when I just be a little bit kind of freer when I teach. And all the response I got was, well, what did, uh, what did Glenn think? And my response is, it actually doesn't matter what Glenn thought because the people in front of me responded in a positive way. Okay, so Glenn could have loved it. Glenn could have hated it. It actually doesn't matter because the people in front of me absolutely loved it. And that was who it was important for. Yeah, so I was thinking about what I can do to make the people in front of me smile. Not have an amazing workout, not burn X amount of calories. My focus was I'm going to make them smile. I'm going to make them laugh. I'm going to make them enjoy this experience. Okay. Now, had I been teaching another track, maybe a, a track that was a little bit more serious, like um, just for 110, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, the back track's very serious, biceps is, is quite serious, and the shoulder track is definitely very serious. Would I have carried on in that manner? Absolutely not. But I still would have thought about how can I give someone an experience in this track? How can I do something for someone else in this track? So my focus is on them and not on my internal feelings. So maybe if it's a shoulder track, I'm going to think, you know what? We've got five different moves in this shoulder track. So I'm going to talk about all the recruitments of the shoulder. So they're going to get a real education. Plus, we're going to get a real, real massive shoulder pump from hitting full range in every rep. So instead of carrying what everybody else thinks, you select people in your circle and you care about what they think. So to use that body pump example again is... In my circle was the people in front of me. So I had about, I don't know, 150 people in that pump room. Pump room. They were in my circle. I cared what they thought. I didn't care about what anyone else thought. So if people see it on social media and they don't like it, I don't care because they weren't there. They weren't in, Brenny Brown talks about this, they weren't in the arena experiencing the same thing that we were all experiencing. So I don't care what the reciprocation of that on social media is. I don't care what other presenters who weren't there thought. I only care about the people who were there experiencing what they thought. Did they like it at the time? And the resounding answer for that is yes. So let me throw this back at you. The next time you're thinking about putting a social media post out, think about what's the best thing that could happen from you putting this social media post out. And whose opinion actually matters when you put this out? So an example, 
there'll be PTs out there probably listening to this and you'll be wanting to put out maybe a, a quite a simplistic post about a calorie deficit for fat loss. So you got to remember who is that post for? That post is for people who don't understand how to get a calorie deficit, how to get fat loss. That post is not for fellow level two or level three readers who already know how to get it. Now they might come on and criticize it in some way and that's okay, let them do it. You just remember, well that post wasn't for you anyway. That post was for my gym members, not my gym staff. You with me? See where I'm coming from? Because it's for the people in your arena and it's not for the people outside it. So that's how you care more about what people think and less about what other people think. And that's that's a hack to that. How do you stop caring what other people think? You care more about what certain people think. And that way everything you do actually suddenly starts to carry more meaning and probably more authority and authenticity from you. Because if you're showing you care about a product, a product, a project, then it really matters. Perfect example is how I have just spoken in the last 10 minutes. So openly and honest about that tribal gathering experience of how I decided to teach that lunge track. Because I know certain people are going to hear this podcast and certain people will like my attitude to that and certain people won't like my attitude to that. But the people who matter, I am very, very certain will like my attitude to that. And that it doesn't matter what everyone thinks. It only matters what the people who are concerned think. The people who are concerned were the people in that room doing body pump, absolutely smashed at quarter to 10 on a Saturday morning. They mattered. Nobody else matters. And I can talk passionately about that because I truly 100% believe that I cared about the people in that room at the time. And I care about the people listening to this who are going to get value from that example I just gave. If you didn't get value from that, that's okay. It's not that I don't care, but if there's any negative opinions come from it, I actually don't care about those negative opinions because I'll give you value in some other way, in some other light. Right, moving on, we're going to talk about Instagram for business. Inevitably, I'm going to go towards a fitness business here, but this will always, 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 always transfer into other things that you do. So Instagram for business. Listen, it's 2019. The eyes of the world are on Instagram, especially if you work in fitness as a service provider, i.e. a PT, a group fitness instructor, or you know, on the gym floor, that sort of thing. If you're working business to business, so you're one gym trying to, sorry, not a gym, maybe you're selling products like, I don't know, um, treadmills, weights machines, and you're trying to get these into other gym, gyms, you're best spending your time, your, the eyes of your world are on LinkedIn. So they're the two places right now. If you're talking business to consumer, you want to be on Instagram. If you're talking business to business, you want to be in LinkedIn, especially in the fitness industry. So talking about the 80-20 rule, there's a couple of books. In fact, so many self-developments do talk to the 80-20 rule. Um, I'm just opening my, my phone right now, so I'm going to elongate the words that I am using while Audible loads up my phone. 
to tell you about the 80-20 rule by Richard Koch, which is a great book. I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce his name. So it's Richard, and then it's K-O-C-H. Maybe it's Koch. Um, really, really good book. But the 80-20 rule is applicable to so many, so many things in life. And you can apply this to social media as well. So identify where your audience is, audience stroke customers is, and put 80% of your effort there and 20% of your effort everywhere else. Give me an example, social media. 80% of my cost, sorry, 80% of my time is going to be spent on Instagram because that's where a lot of my audience lives. However, I'm still going to spend 20% of my time on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Snapchat, on audio or the podcast space, on my emails. And then what's important that you do is you look out for what's next. So it's Instagram now. It won't always be Instagram. Five years ago, it was Snapchat. Before that, it was Facebook. Before that, it was Twitter. So the attention will move. Everyone is saying, and I've been saying it, up next is the audio space. So yes, it's podcast, but it will be audio activation. For example, you'd be driving home and you'll talk to your phone, you'll talk to your car and you'll say, please buy this, please turn the cooker on, please turn the TV on, please record this and we'll have the technology available to do that. Now that technology is already available. It's just a little bit before it's time. Um, it costs a lot of money to get your you know, smart homes installed and it's still very, very new technology for the consumer. But they're saying that will be next. So this is why I'm here doing podcasts. This is why this is episode number 38 of the podcast. I wanted to get into the audio space as early as I was aware of how to do it. You know, think about this. What's your Instagram following right now? How different would your Instagram be and look if you had it posted every day since the day and year Instagram opened in 2010, I think it was. Yeah, your, your life could, your presence on Instagram, I was going to say your life on Instagram, <laughs> your presence on Instagram could be very, very different than maybe what it is there. So look out for what's next in the world of kind of social media. So if we're talking Instagram for business, there's two parts of Instagram which is going to garner your attention and it's your newsfeed and your Instagram stories. So your Instagram newsfeed provides value or should provide value 80% of the time and 20% of the time is personal. So you've heard me say the 80-20 rule before, just apply that to your newsfeed as well. So if I were to scroll down your newsfeed at any time and I can get you know the squares, I think you get like 12, 16 squares, I should be able to look at that and at least eight of those squares if I'm working off 12, uh, at least eight of those squares are going to be business professional given value and three or four of those squares are going to be something personal related but also giving some sort of value. For example, you could do, a post. I'm going to just stay fitness here because it's relative to the audience that I know listens to this, you do a post on nutrition, um, PT, squat therapy, um, how to count calories, what you need for your first group fitness class, how much water you need to drink, what's your ratio for macros, and maybe one about what trainers are best to run in. So that's what, eight. And then you could do one of you out having a coffee with your partner or friends. Do another one of you going to the cinema. You could do one of your kids, one of the 
new car you've bought or the car that you've washed. What I mean is you've got to make it personal. And the reason for that is Simon Sinek said it best, people buy into people. Yeah, people buy into people. So you need to give your audience a little bit of you, a little bit of what makes you unique and why they should engage with you. If you want to know exactly what I mean, I can give you a priceless example of a gentleman who has just appeared massively on the social media scene. Nobody had heard of this guy a year ago, maybe not even six months ago. Now this guy has about 2 million followers on Instagram and his name is Lewis Capaldi. Go and look at how he uses his Instagram and not necessarily copy what he does, but copy the process. 80% is business value, 20% is personal. And when you're giving your business content, you gotta do it in a style that kind of represents your personality as well. And, and Lewis Capaldi does it probably better than anyone. And I'll tell you this right now, my observation of Lewis Capaldi is, I don't really think he sits down and thinks about it too much and how he's gonna be represented. He's just himself on social media. Um, back up to that top one again is he doesn't care what anyone thinks he only cares about what some people think So when you are using your Instagram to, to give value you use the what how why how and Conversations to strategize your posts. So what are you talking about? Who is this for? Why is it important and how do they do it and then you try and get conversations off the back of that? So you do that in your Instagram post and then your, your Instagram stories, uh, maybe I'll give you an example of that. So I could do a picture of me doing a squat and I could say, what am I doing? I'm doing a body pump squat. Who is this for? Anyone who does body pump, both participants and instructors. Why is the squat important? I could talk about, well, we do the squat in four different tracks in body pump. So it's really, really good to get your whole class. I could talk about the simple calorie burn. I could talk about the actual muscular recruitment. And then I can talk about how you do all those. So if I'm talking about muscular recruitment, maybe I'm going to talk about the difference between pushing your heels into the floor or pushing into the outside edge of your foot or thinking about lifting the chest rather than using the legs. And there's a big difference in how you get the muscular recruitment when you do that. Then I can maybe ask a question off the bottom of that. What is your favorite body pump squat track? What is your favorite body pump stance? What problems do you have in the body pump? How do you feel? in set three compared to set one. And then you'll get conversations coming off the back of that and that's people you can then engage with and share knowledge with and just generally help out and give value to. From your Instagram news feed and your Instagram stories, stories provide a somewhat present update and they should always be interesting. You, you know, you want them to stand out and you probably have about five seconds to catch someone's attention on Instagram stories before they double tap and move on to the next person because you have not caught their attention with something. So what can you do just to, to stand out? Is it where you're gonna be doing your Instagram stories? Is it how you're holding the camera? Is someone else holding the camera? Are you talking to the camera? Are you talking behind the camera? Are you using subtitles? Are you using graphics? Are you using the stickers feature? Are you using questions, quizzes, polls? All of that sort of stuff. There's no right way to do it. The right way to do it is just to be entertaining in your own way. Yes, time has a, a part to play in it. So 
you can heavily edit Instagram story videos they will definitely get more attention but that will take a lot of time um, so it depends on what your overall goal is if you want to get an absolutely massive following then I would suggest spend time on making your Instagram stories as aesthetically pleasing as possible if you're just trying to give education and value then you focus on the educational feature of that so for example i'll use my own as an example i don't really edit my instagram stories i'll use the inbuilt features in instagram and i'll just put some you know, a couple of words up i'll maybe use the swipe left right feature so as I, I can use a different filter from time to time and a couple of the stickers but that's about it i'm I want my audience to focus on the message of the words I'm saying or the words that are written on the screen. Whereas if you're maybe um, an influencer with 100,000 followers and the aesthetic appeal is a little bit more towards your audience, by all means, spend more time on that aesthetic look of it and use filters and use you know Final Cut or Viva Video to make that Instagram story really, really shit hot with... HD or 4K editing. By all means, do that if that is your overall goal. And then the big thing for Instagram stories is judge your Instagram story by how many people watch story number one compared to story number 10. What I mean is it's very, very easy to get a couple of hundred people watching your first story, but how many of those hundred people still watch story number 10? What's your drop-off rate? So there's no real percentages attached to this. It's just it's just live feedback. If you're losing 10, or sorry, if you're losing in and around 30, 40%, you're definitely not doing something which your audience needs to engage them. So look at what you can do. And this is a trial and error kind of live feedback process. You've got to be entertaining. You've got to keep them watching. And, you, and you'll find some things work better than other. A real, real good one to do is if you do a if you do a message over three or four stories, and as long as that message is interesting, people will tend to watch that. If you have done a heavy edit on the video where maybe you're popping up in different places talking about the same thing, people will tend to watch that because because it's interesting. They're getting the the aesthetic view, you know, i.e., I'm the viewer, and that's oh, this is pretty. Where's he going to be next? What's he going to do? Plus, they'll also get the message that you're trying to give out. So judge your Instagram on how many people watch story 10 compared to story 1. Do you have to do 10 stories a day? Absolutely not. That is just an example. So that is Instagram for business. The eyes of the world are on Instagram. If you are a fitness to consumer person, spend your time on Instagram. If you're a fitness to fitness person, business to business, spend the majority of your time on LinkedIn. 80% of your time on Instagram or LinkedIn and 20% of your time on everything else and a lot of that 20% of the time can just be a copy and paste job just to keep things really 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 efficient oh 40 minutes yeah right we're going to go into the last section which uh, I think will give real real value to a lot of people and that is motivation something at some point everyone struggles with and it's something People seem to have absolute abundances and loads of, and other people seem to have no motivation whatsoever. And what you'll always notice is the people who don't have motivation shout the loudest. <laughs> um, so I'm going to quote some stuff from Mark Manson's book, uh, which is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. 
very very good book i do actually need to, to read it again i read it once about this time last year um yeah i'm gonna put that on the list i'm gonna write that down so he talks about the the do something principle so he writes motivation is commonly referred to as and you might want to write this down if you're listening just to get a real visual of this he writes motivation is inspiration causes motivation causes action inspiration motivation action and that's kind of what we've come to look for and it's crucially and destructively what we actually wait for example you want to go to the gym you're not feeling very motivated so you go into youtube you watch a video by the rock that inspires you that makes you feel motivated that gets you up and into the car to go to the gym uh i don't really want to make anything for dinner tonight inspiration i'll go into google 10 minute recipes i'll get inspired by some things that i see i'll get motivated to go and do it and i'll take action and i'll start the cooking process so those who turn this around the hack is to feel motivated people turn this around and those who turn this around it actually starts with action so action inspiration becomes motivation so you in essence become the fire lighter for your own inspiration and motivation so how motivation really works it's a catch-22 um, but the thing about motivation, the motivation chain is it's not only a three-part chain, but it's an endless loop. So inspiration, motivation, action. Inspiration, motivation, action. So we switch that. So as it's action, inspiration, motivation. Action, inspiration, motivation. So it's your actions create further emotional reactions and inspirations and move on to motivate your future actions. Taking advantage of this knowledge, we can actually reorientate our mindset to that new way of thinking. Your own action, your own art of doing something becomes your own inspiration to become your own motivation to keep doing what it is you want to do to get to your end goal. The conclusion is that if you lack the motivation to make important change in your life, then you've got to do something, anything, that harness the reaction, that harness the action to get you motivating yourself in the right way. It's called the do something principle and it's developed over over time and it, and it works. And it's for people who are immobilized by their fears and their unrealistic uh, rationalizations and their apathy to take actions. You've got to get your ass up and just start. If you want to cook a Sunday dinner, it just starts by opening the fridge and getting the potatoes out and getting the steak pie out. You want to go to the gym, it starts by putting on your fucking trainers. If you want to run 16 miles, it starts by running that first 10 meters. Your art and action of doing something will start to become, you will become your own inspiration and you will become your own motivation. And the hack to all of this, which I haven't even started on yet, is your actions then later become habits your actions become habits so you can even remove the word action for this habits become inspiration become motivation just to keep going successful people have good positive habits that is the only difference i'm up every single day at 5 5 30 in the morning 
because that's a habit for me now to get up and get at it to get what I need to get done done I'll train in the morning so that box is ticked the habit of training is ticked I'll do my work it's called eat the frog I'll do my my shittest task of the day first so the task that's going to keep me the longest I'm going to do that first because that is a habit which I have and I still work on it now but it's the art of starting so when I know when I have a big task you know when I'm writing maybe I've so I've written an ebook recently, it was 10,000 words, which is absolutely mental for me to do. It starts with the first 100 words. And maybe the first 100 words are shit, but I know if I've started to write, the next 100, 200, 300 words will be better, if not great. When I started to do Jump, Jump is over 30 hours worth of video content. There is over 10 hours worth of audio content. There's about 150,000 words in that program platform. If you want involved, by the way, send me a message. I'll get you involved. Jump's getting like, some incredible results. But that started with action. I had to start doing that. And then I got so inspired and motivated by what I've just done. I needed to do it again for the next bit. And I got so inspired and motivated by what I've just done. I had got so inspired to do the next bit. And action, motivation, habits, habits, habits. Your actions become habits. Your habits become your success. There's no such thing as motivation. There's a such thing as actions and habits. And when your actions are positive and you do them over a prolonged period of time, anywhere between 21 and 61 days, depending on what books and letters you read, your habits, that's how long it takes to become a habit. So you do your actions for 21 days then it becomes a habit and it's your habits will define your success. Tell me what you're doing today. I'll tell you what you're doing in a year. And that is exactly how I'm going to finish this podcast. I'm on a high. This is the Ricky Long Podcast. Woo! Episode number 38. We are sponsored by Podium for Sports. Northern Ireland Sports Retailer 2018. Specialised in home gym equipment, commercial gym equipment and sports equipment for schools. I'm Ricky Long. I am the owner and creator of Jump 4.2 and the Ricky Long Mastermind for Fitness Professionals. I have programs starting with your name on it. If you want to come and get a bit of it, you need to email me, ricky at rickylong.com or DM me on the gram. If you like this podcast, you know what to do. Screenshot it, stick it on the gram. I will love you for it. I will double tap you back and we will have a great day. Thank you and good night.